The Holy Gospel for this day is from Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 10. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand upright. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Great and glorious God, we praise you and give you thanks for this day, this moment in our week, this most holy moment. We thank you for Al and Bill and their witness to faith. You are faithful to us, O Lord, and we pray that we would also be faithful in return to you. Help us to hear your word that you speak to us today. Help it to inspire us, challenge us, comfort us, and propel us into the week ahead. In your most holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Our gospel lesson today, of course, is the story of the woman who was bent over and could not possibly stand up straight. It's a healing miracle. Now, this woman, we don't know much about. We don't have her name. All we know is for 18 years, she was bent over and could not straighten up. You have to imagine the setting. There's a big crowd of people. Jesus is teaching, talking, being present. This woman would have been elbowed off to the side. She was not strong. Other people wanted to get closer to Jesus. And yet, Jesus noticed her. In fact, it said that Jesus saw her. And to be honest with you, I think that statement is the most important one in today's gospel. Jesus saw her. And when he uses that word, I think it's more than simply noticed her. I think he saw her soul. I think Jesus saw past the disability to who she really was. And that's the beginning of it. And then you notice what happened next? Jesus calls her over. She did not ask to be healed. She did not express any level of faithfulness. Jesus did not know if she was a person of good works or not. He simply calls her over and says, Woman, you are set free. Stand up. She stands up immediately and gives praise to God. 
It's a wonderful story of physical healing. Throughout the Bible, there are many stories of physical healing. Today, you have heard stories of physical healing. You yourselves may have experienced physical healings. And yet, that very fact of healings opens up a big theological question or a series of questions that I've heard so many times. Pastor Mike, do miracles really happen? Pastor Mike, does God intervene? Pastor Mike, why did God intervene there and not here? You've all asked those questions. I've asked those questions. I struggle with those questions. I don't know how it all works. I don't know how it all works. On the one hand, I look into the congregation today and I see a number of you who have been miraculously healed. Right, Richard? Amen. And then on the other hand, I see TV preachers putting their hands over people who are bent over and suddenly they spring to life and they're alive and they're standing up straight just before the offering plate is sent around. And I get a little suspicious. Is it real? Is it not real? I don't know how it all works. I know people who have been faithful for a lifetime because of some healing moment in their past. I know other people who are faithful who have fervently prayed for healing and it never comes. How does that all work? This is my personal experience. Many years ago, I was at Children's Hospital with a family whose baby was dying. The doctors had come in and said, there's no hope for your child. Call your pastor. I was there. I prayed for this child. We prayed for this child for healing and wholeness. The next day, the baby got better. The day after that, better yet. She's now 25 years old. And the parents are absolutely certain that it was that prayer that gave her healing. A number of years later, I was in the same children's hospital room. The same room! with another family from church whose little baby was born early and was predicted to die. We said almost the same prayer. And the baby died two days later. What do we do with that? Are miracles real? Yeah. Yes, yes. Why don't they happen for everyone? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I struggle with it like you do. But what I don't struggle with is this, that my faith does not depend on physical healing. And what I know even more is that God is and was present to both babies. 
And in some ways, both babies are profoundly healed. Even the one who died. I think there's something about healing that's more than physical. Maybe more important than the physical. The healing of one's soul. And I think this gospel lesson introduces us to that. We focus so much in this story on the physical healing of the bent-over woman that we miss some of the symbolism that might apply to us. She was bent over physically, yes, but she would have been bent over because she, had, she would have been ostracized by her people. She would have been kept at arm's length. She was an embarrassment. She was someone who was probably bent over from loneliness and the insecurity of not knowing where her next meal might come from. And all of a sudden, we realize, wow, she is us. She's a symbol for us, carrying our burdens, our heavy load, our backpack, filled with bricks of unique to you unique to each one of us we have our backpacks filled with bricks that weigh us down everything from guilt or shame to apathy to insecurity to dysfunction to addiction (laughs) you name them a lot of us have a lot of bricks and they bend us down what's amazing and miraculous about this story is that Jesus not only sees the bent-over woman as standing up straight and filled with life, that's the way he sees you and me. He knows we have our burdens, but he looks past them to our true self and says, stand up, I set you free. And whether we're still bent over or not, we stand up spiritually and we're free. I have met people who have been sick their entire lifetimes who are well. Their soul is well. There is healing that is of the soul that is as important as healing of the body. You've heard of the Michelangelo story that pertains to this. He purchased a big chunk of marble no one else wanted. It was distorted, and it had the wrong colors. And people asked him, Michelangelo, why did you purchase that big slab of worthless marble? And he said, don't you see? Don't you see? There's an angel in here. I just have to set her free. If there's a miracle here, it is that. That Almighty God sees us surrounded by that stone and says, Be free. Be your true self. Healing comes to us in many different ways physical, spiritual, and in sometimes in a community kind of way, which we al- almost always ignore. There's one more miracle in this story that we don't talk about. We don't talk about the second half of this gospel lesson because it's about the temple authorities who come to Jesus and say, you should not be healing on the Sabbath. Remember that part? You can just hear me 
pointing his finger like this. What's that all about? Is there healing that's being introduced here too? I think so. I think so. Those temple authorities, that priest represented the system, the institution that sometimes can impose policies and rules that crush people. Today we call it the sins of the system. Good and moral and upright people can be part of entire systems that oppress. I'll say that again. Good, moral, kind, loving people can be part of systems that oppress, and it's hard for the good, loving, moral people even to know that that oppression is going on. Systemic sin. Today, Jesus confronts the system, too. You hypocrites, he says, to the system. And we think it is a word of condemnation. I say to you that it is a word that introduces healing. I suggest to you that confrontation is the first step in healing for the system. The system needs to know what it is doing. And Jesus brings that kind of confrontation. The first step, as I say, to healing for the system. Abraham Lincoln brought confrontation to the systemic sin of slavery. Martin Luther King Jr. brought confrontation to the systemic sin of prejudice. Nelson Mandela brought confrontation to the systemic sin of apartheid. All leading to health wholeness. You see, there's a healing miracle embedded here too. Healing comes to us in many different ways. We too often stay just with the physical. And if the physical doesn't happen, it erodes our faith. Or if it does happen, we can take it for granted. Healing is also of the soul. And healing ultimately is also of the community. Healing on all different levels. Amen. Let us pray. Great and glorious God, we praise you and give you thanks for your word today which invites us to be healed, to stand up and to be free. Help us to fly, O Lord. We are a little lower than the angels. Help us to be people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, people of the fruits of the Spirit. In your holy and most gracious name we pray. Amen. Page 8, please stand.